Namaste. We read a prayer today, dated March 18th, 1914. One of the things that uh, human beings worry about is that they worry about almost everything. So it's not just one of the things. <laughs> and because uh, we are given a mind which uh, seeks to know but doesn't know. So um, the big problem of the mind is it brings in, it has a, mind has come from the super mind. It's a degradation of that. So in super mind, you have the apprehending consciousness and the comprehending consciousness. Because of the apprehending consciousness, you know the future. Because of the comprehending consciousness, you know it in totality. And because you have the representing super mind, so you have all these things which are uh, to be represented, they are in the right relation. So in super mind, they are automatic. But in mind, we have lost it. But mind wants to regain it. So to regain it, it has to recover its lost infinity, the supramental truth. But till it recovers and in ignorance, because it's like a child who has lost his home. So it tries to capture it while remaining the mind. And that's why man is the most harassed of all creatures. Animals are not worried about what they will save for tomorrow. Gods don't have to worry about anyways because they have all the splendors. But human beings lead a very miserable life till they remain um, a slave to the mind and its ignorance. But the good news is that human beings have a way out of it. Long way, difficult way. There is no easy, there is no free lunch. But the thing is that once one steps out and takes the journey, the end point is greater than the gods and certainly greater than the animal spontaneity. So, because man is meant to uh, become one with the divine consciousness, his omnipotence, omniscience, even the gods don't have it. Each god is representing only one aspect of the divine. In that, it, it can act. But even there, is, there are gods beyond the gods. And then there is the one God. But man is given the privilege of uniting directly with the divine and share his omnipotence and omniscience. So what does one do till then? Because um, circumstances harass us, so we say. So at, when we read about Shubhendu speaking about fate, when Savitri has accepted that, you know, whatever it be, I'll undertake the challenge of fate. So book 7 starts with this. That ordinarily our thoughts, desires, hopes build the, you know, build our fate. And therefore we always feel a slave of circumstances which we have ourselves woven. Back then we desired things and now they are presented to us. You asked for it. By then we have moved forward. We say, no, no, I excuse me, but you know, this is not what we want. But by then it, it will come and give us with clarity that this is not what we want. So, fate is built by that. So, are we to remain slave of circumstances? Shurabindu says, but greater souls can reverse this balance. The sign of inferior humanity is always feels itself tied to circumstances. What can I do? But the sign of a superior humanity that it struggles with the challenge. That's what Savitri is about. Savitri is not about fatalism that, well, as I likha destiny may. This is how a average person believes. But, in Indian thought, far from being fatalistic, we believe that fate can be changed. But the way to change it is very different. But before even we talk about changing fate, we can talk about changing circumstances. 
because circumstances you know we feel harassed by all those things and we think you know till we have certain circumstances we cannot do certain things but it's the other way round that's the secret we are going to read here thou art perfect knowledge the divine absolute consciousness he who unites with thee is omniscient while the union lasts so here there is a qualification until the consciousness is completely one with the divine totally identified with the divine this omniscience and omnipotence is partial when there is a union during that time there is the omniscience and the omnipotence so at the, in that stage if a person says something it will come true in that state if a person wants to know something one will know with complete clarity in that state you have absolute power but only so long as the union lasts because there are many parts in us and it's very difficult even somebody in traditional yoga as long as you are embodied being nature is there which will pull the soul so as long as the soul is united during those hours of deep meditation you are united and you know that you are god but when you come back to back to the field of nature you say no i am a miserable creature and its classic example is one of the uh, sufi mystics who when he would go into that state of uh, deep inner trance he would say i am god and he was experiencing it so hamasmi it's not the grandiose uh megalomaniac feeling that can be there but this is a genuine experience but when he came back his disciples because he belonged to the muslim community where there this duality you can't unite with god so they said you know you are our guru ji but you were saying such thing oh i could say such thing blasphemy is so dangerous i should not be even imagining this again when he would go in that state he would say i am gone <laughs> said so one point he told his disciples behead me if i ever say this because this i am being unfaithful to my religious teaching and upbringing and the disciples were very faithful to their task now that's a different story <laughs> god save from such disciples but indian thought mysticism always believed that it's possible to unite with the divine therefore share that omniscience and omnipotence during that stage of union you will with god's will of course it cannot be like okay then i will do what i feel like no way if one is in that state of desire there is no omniscience and omnipotence one would have transcended desire and become one with the divine will then only it works so that's why the training uh, god is very kind he doesn't give you know nuclear bomb in the hand of a monkey anyways he doesn't give nuclear bomb into anybody's hands okay so even we have those brahmastra and all but he doesn't want <laughs> he prefers sri krishna with his smile managing the kurukshetra so he says that he who unites with these omniscient while the union lasts but even before attaining that stage so that's a huge journey it's not you know one has to really overcome desire anal egoism all this is required so one would say it's an impossible task so now she is saying but so there is a but even before attaining this stage he who has given himself to thee in all the sincerity of his being with all his conscious will meaning thereby there are many parts in us which we, we have not given it's understood but whatever we are conscious of in that we should be able to give he who has resolved to make every effort 
at least the resolution should be there that I want to help in your work. He was resolved to make himself to help in the manifestation and triumph of the divine law of love. Love is the omnipotent victor. In himself and the whole field of his influence, not only within me because we are interconnected. This idea that I am an island and okay... The moment one begins to live this law of love, it spreads all around. It becomes universal. So, she says, He who has resolved to make every effort to help in the manifestation and triumph of thy divine law of love in himself and the whole field of his influence, sees all things in his life change. How do they change? And all circumstances begin to express thy law and assist his consecration. So change doesn't mean suddenly you'll see that, oh, he is living in a palace. No, it may be that's the other way around. Mira was thrown out of the palace because she wanted to manifest this law of love. How could she express universal love of a portion of the Divine Mother if she was continuing to live in the palace? So the circumstances change in such a way that we can now consecrate more and more, so that this love becomes greater, purer, vaster. This is what it means. <laughs> the circumstances will change, but change to help in the consecration. For him, it is the best, the very best that always happens. So the very best is not my desire best. Pandavas are the most that way outwardly unfortunate people. But they are the best, <laughs> without a doubt. <laughs> Duryodhana outwardly very fortunate, but <laughs> nobody wants his son to be Dusashana and Duryodhana. <laughs> so they are the best. Why? Because they have resolved to participate in the divine manifestation. They are not perfect people. They have their own defects and faults. But it is enough that they have taken the resolve and no more living only for their egoism that the divine uses them. And that is the greatest possibility for a human being. For him, it is the best, the very best that always happens. And if in his intelligence there is still some obscurity, some ignorant desire, which at times prevents him from becoming aware of it immediately, the desired self says, but mother, I have resolved to consecrate myself to you. Why this is happening to me? So immediately one will know, well, because you have desired to concentrate, consecrate yourself to me, that's why this is happening to you. <laughs> so there is joy that, oh, thank you so much. As the mother says one place very humorously, says, you know, God treats its friends very in a very difficult way. <laughs> she says that's why this is a story she says that's why somebody remarked that that's why he has very few friends because <laughs> if he wants to make you a friend imagine where all he is not working not only in the skies above that is one type of god we have made him sit with a carrot and stick in one hand though that's not an easy job description huh? by the way to keep judging people is the worst of jobs but also he cleans in the dungeon he enters the dungeon and cleanses it so if you want to be friend of God, will you wait there and say, Okay, Lord, you do this work. You will say, I am coming. Please take me along. Because you love him. So you love him, you want to serve him. So then when you enter into the dungeon, you can't say, Oh, this is uh, nauseating, this is stifling. He will say, you asked for it. So even if there is an ignorant desire, which prevents us from seeing 
what is the best still he recognizes sooner or later that a beneficent power seemed to protect him even from himself so it will take you through that and yet keep you secure that's something amazing and secure for him conditions most favorable to his blossoming and transfiguration his integral conversion and utilization to his blossoming each one blossoms in different way so if one says that i want to serve god so he'll ensure that the spirit of service goes to an extent where sleep waking all these are gone taken away because that's what service is about service is not a 9 to 5 job <laughs> that job but in the return you will get delight and the nearness of god's company if somebody resolves that i want to be an instrument of your universal love you'll say okay fine leave all these other loves aside but they are there don't worry they will pass away they will be there but not there for you <laughs> because now you are a giver no more you are wanting this wanting that so you'll enter into a state of universal love vastness if he wants to be a warrior for god you'll say okay tough job okay i'll give you the most challenging circumstances most opposing forces why because you have to become a warrior you can't be trained to become an abhimanyu while oh beta khale you know that you can't be trained like that no to be an abhimanyu you have to um, uh, learn that life and death means nothing and if you want to be a seeker after knowledge so you'll say okay i'll make sure that there is nothing in your life except this seeking for knowledge all else is taken away which comes in the way of this seeking so immediately the desire self may not understand it may say why are you doing this then when we consult in deep inside the aspiration will the manga to yahi tha if he asks us that i sure you want to change uh, if you consult your heart you'll say no no it's all right <laughs> this is what i had deeply aspired for so she says he will understand they are favorable if you want to be a flower let's take a very simple example So say okay. What is the highest consummation of a flower destiny? It is to be at the divine feet. And if a flower says, "Me to, I want to be in somebody's juda," chaha nahi, me surwala ke baalon me guthha jaun. So he say, "Ne." You asked me to become a flower. I'll take you for the highest consummation. You can't do stringar of a juda. Come here. i'll take you and keep you in my hands with my heart or at my feet so this is how the flowers highest consummation is blossoming so you will see that circumstances will be such that whatever obstructs will be taken away and sometime the desire self may say bhagwan kya kar rahe if one is consecration is not um, complete otherwise one knows that whatever the divine will is there it's wonderful and one can see the reason behind it so she says as soon as one becomes conscious and convinced of this one can no longer worry about future circumstances or the turn events take why because krishna is there no chariot here he'll take us through everything so when we give the reins into the hands ab saap diya mere jeevan ka sab bhar tumhare haathon mein ab jeet tumhare haathon mein aur haar tumhare haathon mein the victory and the defeat are yours I have handed over my life's responsibility, the reins of the chariot in your hand. Keep reminding him every day, huh? Till one day he will say, "Okay, done." 
then one knows after that you can't say that you know sir i longed for this what are you say i have you have handed over and i have taken over till you are handing over and he is waiting there is a time when he has not yet said yes but one day he says okay give me the reins okay wonderful now i am in company of god he is my charioteer and you will ask him where are you taken to kurukshetra <laughs> lord <laughs> this is not why i asked you i thought you will take me in the chariot to heaven yes heaven passes through this road <laughs> winding through hell turns the heavenward path so you say this you didn't tell me why should i tell you if i tell you you won't consecrate <laughs> so i keep the highest knowledge after you have surrendered <laughs> otherwise man in his ignorance he will not even surrender <laughs> so he will so he takes you through all this it is with perfect serenity that one does at every moment what one thinks best should do that and for each one it is different it's not like a uniform best everybody must do the same thing no for each one your highest and best is expected convinced that the best too is sure to come from it if you are really doing your best in the right attitude best is not according to this or that outer norm but inwardly with the right attitude the best will come out of it for everyone even if it is not the result which we with our limited reasoning expected from it so what a complete prayer it's a total package <laughs> we may have wanted one thing it may not be that but yet it is the best best for us best for everyone who is involved which at that point of time we may not understand but over a period of time he has the entire lekha joka the entire account of our lives and if he once shows us see this is how your future shaped itself through the best then we'll understand there could have been no other better thing to that could have happened to take us through this journey in this way and when we live in this state consecrating ourselves to the divine and his work not worrying about future circumstances but doing our best the two kinds of not worrying a tamasic state i don't worry i have given to god i have surrendered myself that is tamas i must do my best that is karma yoga arjuna could have said i have surrendered to you sarva dharman parityaja what do you want me to do shoot why i have surrendered myself krishna will say you get lost let somebody else come <laughs> that's not what is meant by surrender that's what shivinder reminds in the very first chapter of the mother it is not the surrender of an automaton we we must do our best whatever at a given point of time we take as the best it is a relative best because as we evolve as things change the best changes but at that point of time we must do our best living to him with this soul attitude that may it serve your great purpose in the world not that i must get this this must happen but your great purpose in the world of course we can aspire for harmony for beauty for love because that's his purpose of increase of light and then we do our best and then leave it that is why lord then what happens that is why lord our heart is light our thought in repose no worries why because he is taking care i have to do my best and then i leave the rest in his safe hands there is that poem of shirbindo the divine worker victory is cradled Vict- uh, victory is 
Thy passage seen through fortune's glass. Failure is cradled on thy deathless arms. And then he says, I continue to do, I do thy works and pass. Indifferent to the time snake's crawling length. Whether it will succeed, not succeed, it's not our lookout. But one is doing the work and passing on the journey. So the heart is light. That is why we turn to thee in all confidence and say peacefully, May thy will be done. In it, true harmony is realized. We do our best. Leave it to the divine and say, Let your will be done. It may not be what I subconsciously want, desire. Obviously, if a person is consecrated to God, there will not be the conscious desire that way. But there may be a subconscious desire. One consecrates that also. And then he knows what is best and he'll do what is best through all the tangled anarchy of fate. Even through the tangled anarchy of fate, an outstretched hand is felt upon our lives. It is near us in unnumbered bodies and births. It keeps in its unslackening grasp forever safe. The Godhead promised to our struggling souls when first man's soul suffered death, suffered life, when it plunged and suffered life. And how does it um, keep it safe? He works. Um, one who has made the, this world is ever its Lord. He works through the fears, vicissitudes of our lives. Our errors are his steps upon the way. He works through the fears, vicissitudes of our life. He works through the hard breath of battle and toil. When nothing we can see but drift and bail, a mighty guidance leads us still through all. He works through our sins, our sorrows and our tears. But the difference is, when a man is consecrated to the divine, his heart is light. He knows that all this is part of his play. But one who is not consecrated to God, he laments and curses and complains and says, Oh, how cruel you are. That is the difference. When we have turned to God and live life for Him, consecrating everything to Him and doing our best, then our heart is always light because we know that whatever is happening and yet will happen is truly going to be the best in every possible way. But when we are not so consecrated, then we are unhappy at the turn that circumstances take place. So this is the difference and then we discover the greatest wisdom. May thy will be done. In it, true harmony is realized. There is a kind of harmony which is, we try to keep compromising things for harmony. But in the end, may thy will be done. You do your best and leave the rest. It comes over a period of time. It's a whole tapasya and sadhana program for all of us. Namaste.